I thank the Lord for leading us through the previous message, message three. And as we saw the first part of that, on God making a covenant with Abraham concerning the promised land, is, in a sense, quite difficult. Genesis 15 is is a difficult chapter, but we are blessed because it's been open to us through the ministry of the Word, and now we can go into it and pursue the truth and appreciate how Christ made the new covenant, the New Testament, as a divine guarantee that the good land is our inheritance. Then we saw that God acted upon, fulfilled the covenant by bringing his people out of Egypt into a good land, a spacious land. Now we come to um, quite a different subject, but it follows the previous ones, I believe, in an excellent way. And I'll read the title in just a moment. But the basic thought in message four is that Christ is leading us into himself. As typified by Moses, our dear Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior, has delivered us from the satanic world, redeemed us, baptized us, nourished us and supplied us through our journey. And the goal is, <coughs> excuse me, just have to clear the phlegm every now and then. Now we are about to enter into the good land. And thankfully, we have the pictures, the typology in the Old Testament, where the good land, as we know, typifies the all-inclusive Christ. And we will see Christ is the angel, the messenger, sent from God to lead us into the good land, that is, to bring us into himself. We do not have to suffer under this self-induced um, pressure that how do I enter the all-inclusive Christ? How do I enter into this good land? Our Lord Jesus is not only the land, he is leading us into the land. I just love this thought. I believe you will too. Christ even now is leading us into himself. 
So the first part of this message will be on experiencing Christ as the one leading us into himself. And then as we already know from previous crystallization study trainings, we enter into the land, the enemies, enemies have usurped it. And some of them are gigantic beings, Nephilim. And so we need to be today's Caleb's. Christ is today's real spiritual Joshua. And we need to be partners of Christ. So the main points to set the direction in this message is Christ is leading us to himself and we fight to possess the good land under the leadership of Christ our Joshua and we look to him to make us today's Caleb's so that we may fight in Christ, the victorious Christ, to gain our portion of the land covenanted to us by God himself. So now I read the rather lengthy title, Experiencing Christ as the Angel of Jehovah, bringing us into himself as the good land and being partakers of Christ like Joshua and Caleb fighting in faith to possess the land of Canaan. And the first section is on Christ. Christ is the angel of Jehovah bringing us into himself as the good land. And the scripture reference there is Exodus 23, verses 20 to 23. And there, according to the picture, the typology, God has brought his people through the Lamb, the redemption, he brought them out of Egypt into the wilderness. They're on a journey toward their destiny, the land of Canaan. And then we see in Exodus 23 that the angel from Jehovah will guide us, will lead us. Even more, he will bring us into the land. This is the basic thought. And that type in Exodus 23, a type of Christ, is a picture of Christ 
here and now, in our daily situations, Christ is leading us into himself. And he's happy if we would echo this prayer in a genuine way. Lord, I want to be in you. Today, I want to live in you as the all-inclusive Christ, my good land. Lord, I need you to lead me. Lead me into yourself. And so for a while now, I will spend time mainly reading all the points on this part of the outline. I think this is the best way to share this with you. These points are in good order. They're very clear. And they speak for themselves, meaning they don't need comment. But along the way, I will pause and following the Lord within, share some things as a way of developing. A, the title, The Angel of Jehovah in Exodus 3.2, refers mainly to Christ, the Son of God, as the one sent by God to save his people from their situation of suffering. This means that actually Moses was not the one who saved his people from their suffering. It was the angel of Jehovah, Christ himself, unseen, but present and active, he was leading his people through Moses. B, according to Exodus 3, 2, and 6, the angel of Jehovah, the sent one, was Jehovah himself. The sending one and Jehovah is the triune God. See a quotation from Exodus fourteen nineteen. The angel of God who went before the camp of Israel moved and went behind them. And the pillar of cloud moved from before them and stood behind them. The angel of God in Exodus 14.19 is the angel of Jehovah who called Moses the angel of Jehovah is Christ as God's sent one. The fact 
that God sent one went before the camp of Israel indicates that Christ was the one who was leading the people. And this surely is true today. We believe in our Lord. We love him. All in faith. We've never seen him. But constantly we use this precious expression. The Lord's recovery. The Lord's recovery. It never was. 500 years ago, Luther's recovery. It never was in the 19th, uh, 19th century, Darby's recovery. And it in the 20th century never was Watchman Nee's and Witness Lee's recovery. This is the Lord's recovery. And we are his people corporately. He is the one leading us. He's leading the entire recovery on the earth. Brothers who function as leading ones in the church or in the work, it's like Moses in relation to Christ as the angel. But the leader is Christ himself. And this applies to every local church. Christ is the leader. And it applies to every believer personally. Christ is the leader. Christ is the one bringing us into himself the all-inclusive Christ. Three, the angel of Je when the angel of God moved, the pillar moved also, showing that the angel and the pillar were one. Christ and the leading spirit cannot be separated. So in the picture, in the type, you have the angel of Jehovah, you have the pillar, but they move together because they are both Christ. And now we come directly to Exodus 23. Verse 30, I am now sending an angel before you to keep you in the way and to bring you into the place which I have prepared. Isn't this a wonderful verse? I am now sending an angel before you. As I'm speaking this, I mean it. As you are 
seeing and hearing this. There's an angel, a messenger, before us. As this message is unfolding, and you are receiving, although the time and space is different, I'm here in the conference room. It is August 26th. Then in a little over a week, you will be in another location hearing this. But Christ, the leading one, is before you and me. And it says, to keep you in the way. Don't we all need this? Really, all of us are sheep. We see this in John chapter 10. And Peter refers to the expression, the flock of God. So we are the sheep. And we know from other verses and from our own experience, it's so easy for sheep to wander away or to get lost. And I believe we're all the same in this. We're in the Lord's recovery. That's settled. We gave ourselves to the Lord. But in our experience, we're not always in the way. And the way is Christ himself. And the Lord knows this. He's the shepherd. So he keeps us in the way. And he keeps us in the way all the way. All the way into himself all the way to our growth in life to maturity, all the way for, for Christ making us overcomers, all the way to the end of this age, all the way to be in the reality of the body of Christ, all the way to make the bride ready. She makes herself ready. How wonderful we have Christ leading us and then bringing us into the place, the all-inclusive Christ, prepared for us by God. And we all have our portion. When the angel of Jehovah typifies Christ as the one sent by God to keep his people in the way. and to bring them into the good land. And the good land typifies Christ in his all-inclusiveness as the allotted portion for God's people. Let's consider this personally for a moment. God has sent Christ 
to each one of us. And maybe he also uses a faithful angel that it seems each one of us has to keep us in the way. I'm just freshly so thankful to the Lord that I'm not still here in the way because I was this and that or I did this and that. It's because of you, Lord. You are the way. And you were sent from God to keep me in the way. And you brought this sheep back to the way many, many times, especially inwardly. We just thank you and love you, Lord. And he's bringing us into himself as the all-inclusive Christ. What a wonderful Christ we have. He is leading us, not just to himself, into himself. Two, Christ as the sent one brings God's people into himself as the good land. The goal in God's purpose is to bring his people into the full enjoyment of Christ as the all-inclusive land. Oh, not just in the land. Not just into some occasional enjoyment of the land, but into the full enjoyment of Christ as the all-inclusive land. If you were to fly from wherever you are to a country you never visited and you come you come out off the plane you pass through passport control now you're in a country say like china russia india South, South Africa, Australia. Well, now that you're there, you need a guide. You need direction. And so after our Lord brings us into himself as the good land, he leads us to enjoy him fully. He knows to what extent we are really, truly enjoying him. He knows we have this expression. It's in our spiritual vocabulary. But he knows where we are and wants to lead us into the full enjoyment of the all-inclusive Christ. <clears throat> Point three. Regarding the angel of Jehovah, Exodus 23, 21 says, My name is in him. The name of Jehovah is identical to his person. 
indicating that the angel of Jehovah is Jehovah himself. We know from Zechariah chapter 2, Jehovah the sent one sent himself to be the sent one to us. For Christ, the sent one of God, speaks for God within us. If we would take possession of him, we must learn to obey his voice. That the angel's voice was Jehovah's speaking proves strongly that the angel and Jehovah are one. So Christ, who is the living word of God, an aspect of his all-inclusiveness, is within us speaking for God. Very rarely is it something that approximates audible. It's just an inner speaking, mainly by the functioning of the anointing, teaching us to abide in Christ. But sometimes there's just the sense of words and thoughts and feelings originating with the indwelling Christ to just lead us in specific ways in our daily life again and again. And he is bringing us into himself, not mainly in an outward way, in an inward way. So he's indicating to us if you really want to enter into me as the good land and live here, you need to follow the inner sense of life. I am your inner life. I, the leader, I, the angel of Jehovah, am in you, in your spirit. And I direct you by the sense of life, by the anointing of the spirit, by the living word. And I know you need to learn, he would say, you are my disciple. You need to be trained to obey the genuine inner sense of the divine life. Five, the blessings in Exodus 23, 25 through 26 signify spiritually that God will give us bread, the word, to nourish us and water, the spirit, to satisfy us and will cause us to grow in life, in the divine life, to maturity, to full age. In order to gain the all-inclusive Christ is our possession for our enjoyment. I'd like to go over this point again. 
This is a blessing from Christ as the sent one. Sent to his whole recovery. He leads the recovery as the whole. Sent to the church where you are. Sent to you. And with him are the blessings. This blessings. And the time will come when each one of us will realize we are able, even when we are truly exercised and strong in spirit and faithful, what we can accomplish is just very, very little. We realize, like, you know, the record in the Gospels about feeding thousands of people with just a few fish, five loaves of bread. Well, we have less than that. Maybe I have a fish tail and just a tiny loaf of bread, spiritually speaking. But when we look to the God of blessing and realize that Christ is here as the blessing and to bless us, especially in our experience of life and growth in life, we will just have a fresh love for him and appreciation and thankfulness. I testify to you as a learner. I've been learning this for a number of years. I cannot serve the Lord. I cannot compose an outline. I cannot give a message. I cannot have shepherding fellowship with anyone apart from the Lord's blessing. Blessing. He wants to bless you. He is the blessing. The one leading us into himself is blessing us. In what way? God will give us bread to nourish us. He will feed us with fresh living bread. The bread of God, the bread that came down out of heaven, the true bread, the bread of life, the living bread, he's here. And the water, there's a fountain in us springing up into eternal life. Rivers of living water are flowing out from the innermost part of our being, our spirit. And the blessing is to satisfy us and then only God can cause growth. He will cause us to grow in the divine life to maturity. An obvious picture is human life. The law of life in an infant will keep working until the 
infant, let's say it's a little girl, this goes through stage after stage. Now as a teenager, an adolescent, who is partial woman, partial girl, and eventually she's a mature young adult. And then the rest of her life will be developing maturity from stage to stage. So we are under the blessing of the one leading us into himself, and he will cause us to grow in the divine life to maturity, to full age. And he wants to do it now in this age with us. We don't want to waste the years, waste time. He's fully able to do this, to bring us to maturity, to make us so useful as channels of life in, in our church life. But the goal is to, in order to gain the all-inclusive Christ, the more we grow, the more we reach maturity, the more we are able to gain the all-inclusive Christ as our possession, our allotment for our enjoyment. What a future we have, spiritually speaking. Let's all turn by the Lord's inner moving and grace and strengthening. Turn from ourselves, okay? Turn from our situation, whatever it is. And then to realize what a bright, glorious future is right before us. Maturity, growth in life, Gaining the all-inclusive Christ for our enjoyment. Increasing endlessly joy upon joy upon joy. Surely, long before he was imprisoned, Brother Nee learned to live this way. So as I say again, after a multitude of times, his final word, I have kept my joy. This is a sign of victory, of being in the reality of the kingdom. Now we turn to the second part of this message. Roman 2, like Joshua and Caleb, we need to be partners of Christ, fighting in faith to possess the land of Canaan. We saw from the crystallization study of Joshua that after the people of Israel entered the good land, they didn't fight at first. 
they had certain experiences. The manna ceased. And they began to enjoy the produce of the land of Cain. Then they began to fight. And so the Lord, who has already destroyed the devil on the cross, he was manifested in the flesh to nullify the works of the devil. All the principalities and powers are subject to him. He's on the throne. He is our victorious Christ. But now he needs partners in faith, fighting in faith, to actually possess the all-inclusive Christ as the good land. And we'll see that Joshua signifies Christ as our captain, our leader. We saw this again from the crystallization study when Joshua saw this man, a vision, and he was asking, are you for us or for the enemy? And he said, I am the captain. I'm the leader. Joshua, you are not really. I am. So Christ is still our Joshua in this sense. But he needs many, many Calebs to be his partners. Fighting in faith. That means we're fighting not with what we're able to do. That is not what the Lord wants. To fight in faith means we're not able to fight. How can we defeat these giants? And toward the end of the message, we'll see certain kinds of giants. But we are fighting in faith in our Joshua, in our victorious Christ. Okay, point A, and this is a section on faith. Because, brothers and sisters, and this will lead us into message five, or give us a, pre a kind of a foretaste of it. We can only engage in spiritual warfare by faith. We just look away from ourselves, as Hebrew 12 says, through the author and perfecter of our faith. We just look away. No, I won't look at the giants. I won't look at the self. No, I won't look at anything negative. Lord, you are the victor. We've never seen you, but we believe in you with our whole being. But you are not only the author, the source of our faith, you're the perfecter. Lord, develop our faith. Perfect our faith. Lord, this is a prayer for all the saints in your recovery. 
Give us the Caleb kind of faith. Joshua and Caleb took the word of God as their faith. Joshua and Caleb believed in the word of God, obeyed the Lord, and pressed toward the goal. Most of us are familiar with Hebrews 3 and 4. And the writer Paul addressed a serious matter. So many of of the people of Israel had a heart of unbelief, an evil heart of unbelief. That is what caused so many of them to just move around in the wilderness for 40 days, 40 years, sorry, 40 years, until all of those with a heart of, evil heart of unbelief, they passed away. And those who entered the good land were like Caleb. They simply believed God's word. God said he will do it. That's it. And they obeyed, obeyed the Lord, then pressed toward the goal. Surely this is something that all of us can experience. To believe the word of God, the written word, the living word the truly spoken word, then we obey the Lord and then we press on. To God alone is the source of faith. If we would have faith, we must learn to care for God's interests and not for our Benefit. So God is the unique source of faith. So we must learn to care for God's interests and not for our benefit. If something has taken place in us over the years that in actuality certain ones are caring more for their own benefit, for their own needs, for all kinds of human situations. They have, they're looking away from the Lord. And then their faith is is not sufficient to function. They believe they're saved. They believe they have life. They believe God forgives sins when we confess. But we need to learn, learn to care for God's interests. We're all learners. Even in the midst of necessary human situations and needs, I don't have to enumerate them. We all know them. But in every situation, 
We care for God's interests. Three, the example of Joshua and Caleb in the Bible shows us what it is to believe. So we have an example. Joshua and Caleb were not the ones who overcame in Numbers 13 and 14. It was the one in whom they trusted. Surely, you want to be an overcomer, don't you? Don't you hope that somehow you will be an overcomer? Well, the, the overcomer is our Lord Jesus Christ. He and he alone is the overcomer. I was so encouraged when I saw this in verses in the book of Revelation 3.21. I also overcame, he said, I overcame. If you are, I will enable you to overcome. And then in Revelation 5, maybe verse 6, the lion, the lamb, the lion of the tribe of Judah has overcome. Joshua and Caleb were not the ones who overcame. Brother Nee was not the one who overcame his circumstances and suffering in the last 20 years of his life. It was Christ the overcomer. He is the one in whom they trusted. Recently, I received an email from a saint. I won't give any indication of who or where or what or why, but was entering into just a totally new situation in that one's human life and was considering those verses in Proverbs about trusting in the Lord with all your heart. And the writer was concerned that it seems I don't have this trust. So after exercising before the Lord, I responded in a simple way by saying, Christ is our trust. Christ is the one who trusts in God. Let him live in you as the trusting Christ. Then I would say now, he then would be to us the trustworthy Christ. Little b, God did everything. They simply enjoyed what God did. Don't you like that? God did 
everything. We may simply enjoy what God did. For we need to follow the example of Joshua and Caleb. They had hearts full of faith. Full of faith. Now, please, don't turn inward now. Don't do that. And try to examine yourself. Examine your heart. Surely there's faith down there. But, oh, how much faith is there? Turn away. Look away unto Jesus. The glory is shining from his face. Just behold him. Let him infuse faith into you right now. Right now. He's the author. He's the perfecter. He's the source. He is the the perfecter training us. And then we simply pray, Lord, please, Fill my heart with faith. Lord, cause me to have a heart full of faith. Then you pray for your spouse. You pray for your saved children, no matter what their age are or where they are. You pray for other saints. Pray. Lord, fill the hearts of the saints with faith. Make us a heart full of faith, people. Okay, point B. We need to be today's Caleb's, partners of Christ, who is the real Joshua. Well, we shouldn't have the thought, well, this brother, uh, Maybe he's in the work, or maybe he's ministering, or he is a faithful, mature elder. Well, that's a Caleb. Surely he's a Caleb. But little me, I can't do what they do. I'm not what they are. Well, you don't have to do what they do or be what they are. The Lord wants you to be who and what you are in Christ, the member of the body that you are, and have the function measured out to you. And I wouldn't be, I wouldn't compose the outline with this, and I wouldn't speak on this if I didn't believe any one of us who chooses this and prays for this can be one of today's Caleb's. This is for all of us. We're all being perfected unto the work of the ministry. All of us. We just simply need to have the faith infused into us. And the Lord will produce us as today's Caleb's to be partners of Christ. 
Caleb in Numbers, obviously he was a very capable person, an experienced fighter. We'll see it in a moment. At 85, he still had so much strength. And he took on the Anakim to clear away his allotted portion in the land. He was full of energy and strength. And our Christ is well able to make us one of his partners. And how this Caleb was fully coordinating with Joshua. He had no ambition for himself. He knew what Joshua's position and function were. They were together for a very long time, passed through a lot of things together. And there was no competition, no envy. He's just the person God made him to be. One Christ, the captain of salvation, is the real Joshua, leading us to take possession of the land. And we, today's Caleb's, are his partners, fighting with him against the enemies and sharing with him in taking and possession the land. Our Joshua, our Christ, is not now fighting alone. During the time of his ministry on earth, he and only he could deal with the enemy and to conquer him and judge the ruler of this world. And now he is on the throne. But now he is fighting to carry out his victory through a group of people trained to fight in his victory. This is the church as the body of Christ. And we are fighting corporately. And he is our Joshua leading us to fight, we'll see this in the next message, to take possession of the land. But he needs partners. He won't do this alone. Joshua didn't just enter the good land with a young generation as the army. He needed a partner. And he had a partner from the time they explored the good land and gave their report during so many years in the wilderness, during the years of their fighting. Our Lord needs partners, prayer partners, prayer fighters. A Christ has been anointed by God to carry out God's commission And we, as his partners, share with him in carrying out God's commission. Christ has been anointed to carry out God's commission in this present age, right here on earth and now. 
And we are his partners sharing this commission. B, Hebrews 3, 7 through 14 deals with entering into the good land. The type of this entering the good land was the entering of the land under the leadership of Joshua and Caleb was his partner in possessing the good land of Canaan. Today, Christ is the real Joshua and we are his Caleb's, his partners. So now, I would ask you a question. If we were together physically, you would be able to respond audibly. Are you one of today's Caleb's? So let me act on your behalf, representing you. The question is asked, Ron, are you one of today's Caleb's? My answer, yes. In the victorious Christ, I am a Caleb. And I personally, sincerely, strongly believe that any and every sister or brother in the Lord's recovery can be one of today's Caleb's. Don't trust in your past. Don't look at your weaknesses. Again, I say, look away unto Jesus. Look away unto our Joshua. He needs partners. And we are willing, like in Psalm 110, we are we are a voluntary offering in the day of your warfare. This is the day of your warfare through your body on the earth. We volunteer, we consecrate ourselves to be a living sacrifice. Lord, make us one of your partners. D, as Christ's partners, we are working together with him and cooperating with him to fulfill God's desire to have a corporate expression of himself. <clears throat> it's becoming more and more clear to all of us, the Caleb's, that we are working together with Christ and we are cooperating with our Lord Jesus Christ. We're cooperating with him to do what? To fulfill God's desire. To have a corporate expression of himself. All of us Caleb's can testify more and more. God's desire is becoming my desire, our desire. We are here to fulfill God's desire to have a corporate expression of himself. Wouldn't it be marvelous, wonderful, beyond words 
If you, I speak to you as a person individually, whoever you are, and to everyone in this way. Imagine if you are standing before the Son of Man on the judgment seat. And he said, well done, faithful servant. You contributed to the fulfilling of the desire of my heart. Your life was a contribution of this. Now, enter into your reward. Come into the wedding feast. Reign with me for a thousand years. Six, Caleb had a different spirit from the unbelievers and fully followed the Lord by a different spirit, which was different from all the other spirits. So as we are being produced by Christ to be today's Caleb's, he will train our spirit. You may want to look into that chapter in the book, The Experience of Life, on dealing with the spirit. We need a proper exercised spirit of faith. And like Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy, we need to have a spirit of power and of love and of sober-mindedness, our tripartite being. And now we have a spirit of faith. We believe the word. We praise the Lord for his victory. <coughs> Seven, we must be resolute and determined in our will to stand with the Lord, just as Caleb fully followed God. As the Lord is transforming us, it begins with the mind, to renew our mind, then to transform our emotion, but he must gain our will. He does not want us to have a natural will like an iron rod, so stubborn, so strong, he doesn't want us to have a will like a noodle, just giving in, does not standing for anything. We need a transformed will to be one with him, to be resolute and determined to stand with the Lord. That's what Caleb did. The Lord needs these kind of, and I deliberately mentioned sisters first, sisters and brothers, where you allow him to give you a resolute and determined, renewed will. Not willpower, but will as a function. To stand here, to be unshakable here, like Caleb. At the proper time, he said, Joshua, you know my portion is Hebron. I ask you to give it to me now. And of course, Joshua did. 
Then Caleb at 85 went there and fought the Anakim, the giants. He was 85. He cleared the way. There are evil beings. This is my inheritance. May we be today's Caleb's like this. A Caleb fully followed the Lord because he knew that God wanted the children of Israel to enter into the good land. He knew what God wanted. And now we are learning what God wants. He wants us to experience and enjoy the all-inclusive Christ. He wants us to build up the body of Christ, to have the reality of the body of Christ. He wants to have a full-grown new man expressed on the earth. He wants his bride to be made herself ready. He wants a group of believers who are living in the reality of the kingdom. Lord, here we are. This is what you want. We know what you want. And the beginning to fulfill this, you want us to enter into yourself as the good land, the all-inclusive Christ. B, since God wanted them to enter into the good land, he would fight for them and accomplish everything for them. So actually, he is doing the fighting. Many verses say this. I am fighting for you. Did outwardly, they're fighting. But really, Caleb knew God is fighting. And we need to have the same view. We ask the Lord to give us such a spirit of wisdom and revelation, have a vision. Lord, you are Joshua. You are the victor. You are the one fighting. We are your partners in fighting. See, Caleb knew that God would fight on their behalf and destroy the enemies. He knew this. The Lord will not lead us into a battle, and we're uncertain what the outcome will be. A Caleb knows, not only believes, but knows, has the assurance inwardly knowing God will fight on our behalf and destroy the enemies. Now, in the last several minutes, we have point eight. Joshua and Caleb did not fear the Nephilim or the inhabitants of the land of Canaan, but said, they are our bread. Those that had an evil heart of unbelief, they measured themselves by the Nephilim. Oh, the land is wonderful. Oh, but there are these giants there. And in their eyes, we're just grasshoppers. And also in our own eyes, we are grasshoppers. Grasshoppers can't defeat giants. But Joshua and Caleb, we're emphasizing Caleb, he realized, yes, they're giants. But I'm not a grasshopper. And they'll find out in their eyes, I'm not a grasshopper. And in my eyes, I'm not a grasshopper. I'm a warrior. 
I'm a victorious follower of the victorious Christ. And before I read the subpoints, I want to point out to you, using two stanzas from a hymn, that the Nephilim, the giants, that are human beings mingled with satanic and demonic powers to be extraordinary, uh, extraordinarily strong. The Nephilim are inside of us. There are aspects of the self. And I appreciate hymn 4.15. I'll have to check. I may be wrong. I think it was composed by A.B. Simpson. And it's, it's, a, it's in the section on longings for deliverance from the self. Because there'll be a stage when the Lord is dealing with us to deal with the self. And the self has to be exposed. Then the enemy will try to attack and just say, you can't deal with this. You're just a little grasshopper compared to what I am in the fallen part of your being. But, listen to this, these two stanzas. There is a foe whose hidden power the Christian well may fear. More subtle far than inbred sin and to the heart more dear. It is the power of selfishness. It is the willful I. And ere my Lord can live in me, my very self must die. There is, like Anax sons of old, a race of giants still, a race of giants still, self-glorying, self-confidence, self-seeking, and self-will. Still must these haughty Anakims by Caleb's sword be slain, ere Hebron's heights of heavenly love are conquering feet shall gain. And so the enemy is clever. To some extent, he has some kind of understanding of our being. And he wants us to look away from the glorious Christ and look at ourselves. What? How are you going to fight? Look what this is. No. I believe in Romans 6-6, six, six. my old man, my entire old man and yours has been crucified with Christ. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. It is Christ who lives in me. And I'm willing to deal with the self. I'm willing to have a vision of the self and to apply Christ's victory through the cross to the self. Because enemy... I'm a Caleb with a company of Caleb's. And the Lord will deal with what you have done to us. 
then we will become the warrior by what we are in Christ to deal with you. So I read the subpoints. Caleb believed that the Nephilim, Anakim, would be defeated and become their bread because they knew that God had promised to bring them into the land. God knew the Nephilim were there. God knew the sons of Anakim were there. He knew that. He knew that they were one with the evil one. Extraordinary human beings with a gigantic self. Like certain people in the world, especially in the media and politics. Just a gigantic self. But the Lord said we will gain the land. So we will defeat the Nephilim, the giants, the Anakim. And spiritually speaking, there'll be food for us. Caleb's experience demonstrates that the more Nephilim we eat, the stronger will we become. We will become. He was full of vitality at 85 by assimilating so many Anakim over the years. He had developed a constitution that showed no trace of age. We're talking spiritually speaking. No trace of age. We will encounter one Nephilim after another. And we will, in Christ, defeat that one. What are they to us? Just a little food. We devour the enemy. See, our battle with the enemy will be to defeat him. But it will be bread for us. The defeated enemy is the most tasteful bread. I will not try to explain what this is like. I know it sounds strange to many of you. But we're doing this in Christ. So we have defeated the enemy. And to him it's total defeat. But to us, this whole experience is nourishing. It's bread. We're stronger than ever. We're supplied with this nourishment. The defeated enemy is the most tasteful bread. Oh, to come together in a prayer meeting, in a home meeting, in a Lord's Day meeting, praising the victorious Christ. And praising him to be our Joshua this week. Yes, we are redeemed sinners. Growing in life, maturing in life, being saved in life, reigning in life, trained to fight. We are Caleb's. And we're learning to fight against the Nephilim. The Nephilim in our being, the self. We will kill first. And then in the victorious Christ, our Joshua, we will defeat the enemy because we will possess the all-inclusive Christ given to us by God. 
The enemy will be our food and swallowing him to be our satisfaction. We just have the sense inwardly. Lord, after this battle, after this fight that we engaged in, after dealing with the inner and outer spiritual, evil spiritual giants, we feel stronger than ever, more vital than ever, more living than ever, more energized than ever. Because our victory, victory over this in you has nourished us. So brothers and sisters, let's press on together. Let's press on corporately. And in the context of the corporate army, may we all personally press on. Christ is leading us into himself. Christ is our Joshua. And we are his partners. We are his Caleb's. What a blessing to have Jesus Christ, the victor, our Joshua. And what a blessing to be in Christ, his partners, today's Caleb's. Caleb's, press on. <laughs>